0: The following message is a presentation of Valley Metro Church, a community of believers dedicated to knowing God and making Him known. Today, we're continuing in our Seeking God First series. And God has some radical promises to His people that if we put God first and we put His kingdom first, then He will give us, the Bible says, the desires of our heart. All the things we worry about, all the things that we have anxiety about, the things that people stress over, our needs and all that. How's this all going to get done? Jesus says, and we've been looking at this over the past few weeks, that if you seek me first, you don't have to worry about these things. I got you covered. So we're looking at seeking God first and seeking God's kingdom first. I like the way it's stated in Matthew 6.33. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Not everything you want, but everything you need. God is saying, I got it. I've got you covered. Put me first and watch what happens. So we're talking about the kingdom of God and the kingdom of God is not something that you and I talk about all the time, but I gotta be honest with you. Jesus spoke about the kingdom of God more than anything else. Jesus was big on the kingdom of God because it's important for you and I to know this actual realm, this realm of God that you and I get to enter in and participate with. I think one of the best ways to explain the kingdom of God, I know a lot of folks, you ask them, what's the kingdom of God? And some might say uh, heaven or, uh, you know, and start aiming at things. But the kingdom of God is a great way to look at it like this. The kingdom of God is like this, this rainbow, It expands through time. When Jesus came, he started saying, hey, everybody, the kingdom is near. (laughs) Get ready. It's almost on. Kingdom is near. And then he started saying, hey, it's at hand. You reach right out and grab it. It's ready to be on right now. It's at hand. The kingdom of God is among you. The kingdom of God is here. And when Jesus died on the cross and rose from the grave, he made entry into the kingdom available because no one could get into the kingdom because your sin and my sin block us from access to this realm. we simply can't get into the realm there's no way you can get into the realm except through what Jesus did so the realm the realm of the kingdom is this spiritual realm that started when Jesus rose from the grave. anybody saying yes to him to turn and follow can have entry into his kingdom, but the kingdom goes all the way until we're fully with him in the full culmination when we're in the presence of God and what we know in part, we will fully know just as we are fully known. In other words, we're going to see things, we're going to understand things, we're going to be standing in the presence of God, he's going to wipe away every tear from our eye, but this realm of the kingdom, it is already and not yet at the same time. Now, this realm of the kingdom, it's going on around everybody, but not everyone gets to enter into the realm. You may recall your story, everyone's got a different story. I don't know when you came to Jesus or when you came to faith, when you started to acknowledge the Lord in your life. Some were raised in the faith, but even if you were raised in the faith, you still had to come to a personal decision saying, you know what? I am going to step over the line and make him the Lord of my life, which means I'm going to make him the king. I'm going to get off the throne. I'm going to put him on it. And when you do that, you become a citizen of his kingdom. When he becomes the king in your life and you demote yourself to serving the king, but not being the king, we enter into the kingdom. And others lived far away from the kingdom, live in, you know, reckless ways. And finally you wake up and you... Acknowledge the magnitude, the love of God, and the offering through Jesus Christ, and you enter into his kingdom through his provision on the cross. You said, Yes, I want that. I believe by faith. You died on the cross. You rose from the grave. I want it. I'm going to turn and follow. Wow. You're instantaneously a citizen of this kingdom. You have entered this realm, this realm that is an invisible realm, but it's a very real realm. Is very tangible. Uh, There's ways we can operate in it. Some folks outside of the realm of the kingdom, they don't understand it. They don't understand Christians and the faith of Christians and why we do what we do. But guess what? We used to be on the outside not understanding it also. Like the great um, hymn, I once was blind, but now I see. When you're outside the kingdom, you just don't get it. And when you're in the kingdom, you're like, whoa, why didn't I see that? I did not know that's what it's like. You enter a realm and you get to experience partnership with God on a whole bunch of different levels. So last week, we looked at some of this stuff that really being in the kingdom of God really means to come under the reign of God because God simply reigns. He reigns. He's the creator of heaven and earth. His ways are above ours as far as the heavens are above the earth. He reigns. Every knee will bow and tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. That is a reality, but not everybody's entered into that reality. But it is a reality. The reality doesn't go away, but people finally recognize and enter into the realm of God's reign. So that's really what it is. And the only way we can enter is by being intentional and wanting in. People asked Jesus about this realm, about this reign, and even smart people who studied the Bible, and one came to him in John 3.16 and says, Jesus, I know you know all these things, you're the one sent by God, but how do you get in? How how do you get in the kingdom? I know you're talking about it's here. How do you you get in the kingdom? And Jesus is saying, you got to be spiritually made new by what I'm about to do, and that's how you get in. And so that story has been going on for 2,000 years of people entering the kingdom by faith through what Jesus did. But the kingdom is for, if you want to summarize the kingdom, the kingdom is for anyone who chooses to live under God's power and influence. If you don't want to live under God's power and influence, we're in our own kingdom, in the kingdom of this world. But when we decide we want to live under God's power and his influence, We enter into his kingdom through Jesus. Now, here's the beauty, guys. When you're in that kingdom, there's a lot of stuff going on in that kingdom. And that's why we need to talk about it. Because this is the place, the realm of God's power and his influence through and among his people. When we enter his kingdom, you and I become the community of the Holy Spirit. We become ambassadors for Jesus. We become Children of God outside the kingdom were not God's children. We're all his creation. But to as many that received him, to them he gave the right to be called children, sons and daughters of God. When we enter the realm of the kingdom, we get to be sons and daughters. Not step sons and daughters. Sons and daughters. We get to be citizens of this kingdom. And along with this kingdom, there are awesome benefits and provisions. Jesus said, put me first. I'll handle all you, everything you need. I got you covered. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Heaven's not going away for you. It is solid as can be and nothing's taking it away. Your name's written there and and on and on. And then he's got these other blessings and he's got these insights and he has his spirit who speaks to us and shows us things and is willing to reveal more things to us because God is supernatural and he wants his people to engage with him on a whole nother realm, his realm, the spiritual realm, the kingdom of God greater are the things that are unseen than the things that are seen, God's like, come on up here with me. Now that you're in my realm, now that you're in my reign, now that you're under my power and influence, come on up here, I wanna show you more. And that's why this topic of the kingdom of God is so important. And Jesus said, if you seek first my kingdom. So we gotta know about this kingdom, what it is, how it works, and all the parables, by the way, all the parables of Jesus, he keeps saying the kingdom is like this. Here's the way the kingdom works. Here's how it doesn't work. Here's who gets into the kingdom. Here's who doesn't. Here's why they get in. Here's how life of those in the kingdom are are modeled. And and all these uh, uh, parables are about the kingdom and it explains these things. But they also have a discussion in the parables about what's expected of us. As sons and daughters, as citizens, what is expected of us in the kingdom of God. So today we're talking about the famous statement that we all know, thy kingdom come. Would you guys say that with me? Thy kingdom come. One more time. Thy kingdom come. come. Your kingdom come. What does that mean? Because we're gonna seek first the kingdom. Jesus said the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is here, it's among you. The kingdom of God is available now. Many of you in this room, you realize that you stepped into it. You said yes to Jesus, you made him the king, and you became a citizen of the kingdom. But I really believe we got to explore it more because we're supposed to be praying, God, let your kingdom come. What does it mean for God's kingdom to come? We're gonna unpack that this morning because if you and I are seeking first the kingdom, our hearts the desire is, Lord, bring your kingdom, reveal your kingdom, expand your kingdom, let the kingdom be made known to everybody else like you made it known to me, God. That is your kingdom come. And so we're gonna unpack this a little bit, but he says it in Matthew 6.10. He says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Come on, thy kingdom come, Thy will be done. The kingdom of God comes through God's will being done. The kingdom of God comes through God's will being done. God can do anything he wants, anytime he wants, but when you look at the narrative of God's interaction with you and I, with humanity, through the scope of history, you will always find God interacting with us to be agents of change in the world that he has us in. For example, all of us were born for such a time as this. Everyone in this room, you were born and you were meant to be in LA by God's design at this time. No one is here by accident right now. And that is the sovereignty and the power of God. And the God of the universe wants to interact with us as these agents of change for his influence and we're gonna see for his glory because that's been the modality of God from the beginning. He wants his kingdom to come. As it's come into your life, he wants it to come into so many others' lives. And thy kingdom come, thy will be done. So, so God actually brings his kingdom through his will being done. Um, we got some scriptures for up here. We're looking at a main text in a little bit, but I wanna just set this up a little bit. John 14, verse 12. What does this look like? What is, how do we do God's will? What does that even look like for you and I to start walking out, your will be done so that your kingdom can come. If you and I are going to partner with God in doing the will of God so God's will can come, what does it look like? What, what, does that, what does that look like visually? So John fourteen twelve, Jesus makes this profound statement, which is a pretty enormous statement, but we should take it to heart. Jesus said this, very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And they will do even greater thing than these things than these, because I am going to the Father. If you truly believe in me, you will do the works. Everyone say, "Do the works. works." If you believe in me, you'll do the works. But Jesus said, "Not any works, the ones I the ones I did, the ones I showed you guys. If you believe, you'll do the works." Now, in the early cha- church, there was a little bit of. Um, misunderstanding about what this might mean. A lot of people are like, well, I was under the law, under the Jewish law, I was trying really, really hard. And now I realize the way to be right before God is through Jesus's sacrifice, through forgiveness. And so I'm right with God. So now I don't have to do all that other rule and regulation, which is true. However, some started to really completely chill in their faith and not move forward in any kind of way for the glory of God. And God's will was not being done and his kingdom wasn't coming. And James writes down in the book of James, he sees this going on. He sees people saying, hey, it's grace, it's faith, everything's good. And he's like, but where is thy kingdom come, thy will being done? Where's God's will being done? Where is this going on? Where if you believe you will do the works, they're like, I don't have to do anything. Mm, wait a second. You don't have to do anything to get to heaven except receive by faith. That's not work. That's a free gift. However, in response to this profound love that God turned, poured out, in response to this eternity that he's given us, in response to all these things, there is an expectation of sons and daughters of God, citizens of his kingdom. And James writes, faith without works is dead, it's a dead faith. So faith, by definition, does work. If you got faith in Jesus, you act in some way on it. We don't just have faith and think about the idea of doing something, we, we engage in a way. As sons and daughters of the Most High God, as citizens of his kingdom, we've come into a realm where he, in fact, is the king and we are not. And as a result of that, we partner with God in this realm of moving forward and doing the works of the kingdom. Jesus said, if you, if you believe in me, you will do the works that I've been doing. If you really believe. If you're a note taker this morning, we're, we're gonna look at four key things about God's kingdom coming and what it looks like to seek his kingdom first. What does it look like? The first one is this, based on what Jesus is telling us right here. When I move, the kingdom comes this way. When I move from believing To fully participating in the kingdom. The kingdom comes when you and I move from just believing in the kingdom, which I believe is true of all of us, to fully participating, which is my prayer would be true of all of us. Believing in the kingdom is important. Jesus died on a cross, he made this realm available. We can enter by faith, and that is absolutely beautiful. Now what? Is God's kingdom coming on earth as it is in heaven? through you, is God's will being done on earth as it is in heaven, through you. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Jesus said, if you believe, you'll do the works. If we believe, we'll do the works. So when I move and you move, we move from believing to actually participating in the kingdom, that's where it's on. That's where the kingdom starts to move forward. Other people start to wake up and enter the realm of God's reign And this is where we also get to experience the power and love of God moving among us because we're engaging in the work of God who says, by the way, I will never leave or forsake you. When you go do this work, I'm gonna be right there with you. I'm gonna help you, I'm gonna show you. And you get to move in a whole nother dimension when we partner with God in his work. So Jesus is encouraging us to participate in his power and in his will to carry out his plans how are we supposed to do it? Jesus said, here's how. Just do what I've been doing. And by the way, that's what a disciple is. A disciple is one who learns from the master and emulates the master, copies the master. You know, people in martial arts, karate, whatever, the sensei, whatever it is, you, you learn from the guy and you finally work your way up to You can do what he's doing and you, you get more belts and you, you learn the disciplines. Jesus is like, He's the rabbi. He's the teacher. Come and follow me. Everybody's learning from Jesus. He's the, the way, the truth, and the life. And we start to do what he's been doing. That's what a disciple does. If you believe in me, you'll do the works I've been doing. The second point this morning, the kingdom comes when, when my mission becomes an extension of Jesus' mission. When your mission and my mission become an extension of of Jesus's mission, because he says, you will do the works that I've been doing. So you and I don't say, I don't care what you've been doing, Jesus, I'm doing my own thing. It's like, nope, that's not how the kingdom comes. The kingdom comes when you participate with me in the things that I've been doing. You see, God knows all, he sent his only son, he had a mission, an agenda, he had an aim, He knows what's best. He knows what the world needs. He knows how to spread the kingdom. He's the king of the kingdom. And when we follow him, we begin to do what he's been doing, these works of the kingdom. This is really important that our mission becomes an extension of Jesus' mission because he gave us a mission. Uh, Luke 4.18, we'll look at this one before we jump into our, our main passage. But this really sets up the kingdom. I think it helps us understand and embrace what God's kingdom is all about so that we can Partner with him in seeking his kingdom first, and we can really pray, God, your kingdom come, your will be done. And as we start to ask for his kingdom to come in the lives of others around us, and even more and more, making it more and more real in our own life, we start to do the work of the kingdom. Because if you love me, you'll do the works I've been doing, he says. And here is a beautiful snapshot of Jesus giving his own uh, overview of the reason he came to come. The reason he came. The reason he came to serve. The reason he came to model life and love. He says it in Luke 4.18. And he says this as a fulfillment of his whole spectrum of ministry. He says this, quotes out of Isaiah, a prophetic message from the Old Testament that is now true and walking among the people. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor he has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind and to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. This is a lot of cool stuff going on here. According to Jesus, the kingdom of God, this is his proclamation, by the way. The day he announced, by the way, that he was the king of the kingdom, that he was the Messiah, the day he announced it, he went into a temple. He rolled out a scroll, he read this exact passage and says, today this has been filled, fulfilled in front of you. He's like, this is what I came to do and I'm the one. I'm the king of the kingdom, I'm the Jewish Messiah, I'm the one who is a setting it up, I'm establishing this and this is what I'm doing. This is the business that I'm gonna be about. This is how I'm gonna engage society. He says, the spirit of the Lord is on me and he's anointed me. And listen to some of the things that he, he is about. His kingdom is about. His kingdom is about liberty. Liberty. His kingdom is about recovery. These are the words in scripture, recovery. His kingdom is about forgiveness, obviously takes away the sins of the world. His, his, his ministry is about new beginnings. Behold, I make all things new. He's all about fresh starts and, and resets in people's lives. His his ministry is about peace. He's the prince of peace. He's all about giving people peace when they don't have it. He's all about mercy and grace. He came with that definition, mercy and grace. He comes bearing mercy and grace, that we deserve the hammer, but we don't get it. That's mercy. We don't deserve anything good, but he gives us the hand, and that's grace. So mercy and grace is when you deserve the hammer but instead, you get the hand. Does that make sense? Jesus was all about that. That's his, his MO. That's his mode of operation. He, he was all about this. He came for mercy and grace. He came for freedom from oppression. You think about oppression. There is more oppression in our society. We're the most endowed nation on the history of, the planet, of planet Earth. And there is more oppression and depression going on in the lives of people today than ever before. Part of it is spiritual warfare. Part of it is spiritual warfare. And Jesus sees that. He's like, I came to overcome that. I came for a sense of freedom over that. uh, Freedom from oppression. And the King James Version even adds to bind up the brokenhearted. When people go through life with their heart broken, that is holding them back from the entire future God has. God is looking at them saying, wow, Come into the kingdom, but don't just stay there. Move forward in the work of the kingdom. If you love me, do what I'm doing. But he sees some people, because of a broken heart, are pulled over and hurt and checked out. We'll talk about that more in a minute. But Jesus says, I came to bind up that broken heart, to heal it back up again. Behold, I make all things new. Takes away a heart of stone, gives us a new heart of flesh. He's all about healing hearts and new beginnings And these are the things of the kingdom. So when we talk about these things, which one of these resonate with you? Which one of these kind of things resonate with you? Because this is the ministry of Jesus Christ. This is his proclamation. It's important to ask this question because something in this batch of things ought to go, yeah, that is cool. I like that part of it. Part of it's proclaiming the good news evangelism, sharing the message verbally. Hey guys, here's the deal. Jesus came. Is that the one that stirs you? Maybe it's one of these others where he came to about liberty for people that are so stuck, recovery maybe from people that are stuck and addicted. You think about that in this world around us. Jesus is all about these things where, where he came for matters of forgiveness, new beginnings, peace, mercy, for areas of, of freedom from oppression and healing from broken hearts. All these dynamics where the living God of the universe who's a God of love wants to invade humanity and said, I love you and I care and I wanna set you free from these things. This is his, his heart, his modality, But he wants us to partner with him as instruments, as really agents of the Holy Spirit, as agents of his Holy Spirit, to go ye therefore, but I'm going to be with you always, to do what I've been doing, Jesus would say. These are all things that God is setting up when our mission becomes an extension of his mission. These are the things, guys. So the third point this morning is this is how the kingdom comes. When I let God's initiatives become my initiatives. God has an initiative here. Jesus is like, I came for this. This is what I came to do. And he's like, when my initiative becomes your initiative, when you begin to do what I've been doing, <laughs> that's where it gets good because that's where the kingdom comes because God's will is being done and you and I begin to move forward as agents of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, What's next? who will lead us and guide us and comfort us, lead us in all truth, show us what to say. There'll be a voice behind you saying, this is the way to go, walk in it. He's the wonderful counselor. Hey, this is where it is over here, come this way. I, got, I, I want you to look this person in the eye, tell them I love them. But they're a stranger, God, yes, but I've been pursuing them and they know it. And they need to hear this today. And you are an agent of the Holy Spirit and you are a citizen of the kingdom. You're in this realm and they're not in it yet. And I want them in it because I love them so much. So would you please go and look them in the eye and say, God loves you. And can I pray for you? This kind of stuff is binding up broken hearts and bringing people into the kingdom in in a glorious way where there's transformation. It's amazing. So when we seek first God's kingdom, we focus on his will, his ways, and his approval. Now, sometimes along the way on this journey, you're following God, you're walking in his kingdom, you're pursuing the things of God, but things can come up in our lives that did not go the way we planned it to go. It, it didn't happen the way we thought it would. The, maybe the one thing we prayed about we thought was gonna happen and it didn't. I don't, I don't know why this side of heaven, we might not know why. We have to trust God knows best and his answers are yes, no, and slow. Could be either one of those. This side of heaven, we don't know. We'll find out later. We might find out some other time. But when we see him face to face, we'll fully know. But in the meantime, there's areas in our life that we were hoping for or dreaming or imagining about or expecting that did not happen, did not go down the way we thought it would. Has anybody experienced that in the room? A little more honesty in God's house should be everybody. Yeah, things don't roll out the way we expect them to go. And when that happens, there can be a little faith crisis in your life. A little crisis of faith. We've been praying for our little guy, Micah, who's eight years old and he's not walking yet. And, you know, we're we do we're doing everything we can and crying out to God. He's making progress, praise the Lord. But we were expecting things to happen faster and doing everything we can. And we've seen other people get prayed for and get healed. We've prayed for other people, they've gotten healed. And Micah's on this slow journey of transformation. It's a slow Journey of transformation. you know what? Stuff like that will mess with your faith. Can I just be honest with you? Anytime things don't go the way you thought the kingdom of God would roll out, you will have a crisis of faith. But I thought this was gonna happen by now, God. I thought this was gonna happen by now. All of us, guys, we will have a crisis of faith. I think these crises of faith can be healthy if we land on the right side when we go through them. Peter, the apostle went through a crisis of faith. His crisis of faith, you guys might be familiar with. Jesus, when he was calling the apostles, the very first person he called, first person, Peter, you, and your brother, Andrew, come on. Jump out of that boat, come with me. We're gonna make you fishers of men, buddy. You got a whole life and a future for you. It's gonna blow away what you're doing right now. Get on board with me. And they did. Drop their nets, follow Jesus. First one's called, Peter. His brother, Andrew, James, and John. Peter's first. Peter's the one getting to embark on all these radical missions with Jesus that were extra special. He got to do some of the things that not everybody else got in on. Peter, James and John got in on all these other dimensions of extra cool things that some of the other apostles didn't. Awesome stuff. First one to walk on water. He got out of the boat, Peter. So radical expressions of faith. Yet later on in his life, 3 years after walking with Jesus, he had a bit of a faith crisis. See, he, he backslid a little bit and he, he, he denied Jesus. He denied because of the pressure, because of the peer pressure, because of the environment, because of society around him, because the environment was so hostile to the things of God, since the environment was so hostile to those representing Jesus, he did what the Bible says is shrink back. It says don't shrink back. And Peter did. He shrunk back. Do you know Jesus? Nope. You sure? Nope, I have no idea who he is. Are you serious? You talk just like him. I've never seen the guy in my life. I don't know what you're talking about. And Peter has this crisis of faith. He ends up walking away from originally being fishers of fish to be a fisher of man, following Jesus, walking on water. And after this dilemma in his life, he goes all the way back to what he used to do. He walked away from the ministry and the mission and he's out fishing again. Jesus has an encounter with him and you guys are familiar with the passage if you could turn there, John 21, verse 15. Jesus calls him out, meets him because he loves him so much, pursues him personally and says, listen, I'm a God of forgiveness, I love you, I'm coming after you, but you can't stay where you are. You're stuck, you're hurt, your heart's broken, you're stuck, there's no future for you here. The kingdom is this way. My kingdom come, my will be done. Can you jump back in? Can you get restored? Can you follow me? Can you walk with me again? Because I got great and mighty things you know not of and you'll never experience them as long as you're pulled over and stuck in this place with this heart condition and this crisis of faith. There's no life here. It's that way. So look at the way, look at the way he engages Peter. This is amazing to me because I think it speaks to our lives as well. John 21 verse 15. This is, Post-resurrection, Jesus rose from the grave, seeks out the apostles, and then he seeks out Peter very specifically. And when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my lambs. You guys have read this. Jesus is gonna say this three times. But here's the thing that we don't normally catch in this passage. Jesus comes to Peter and says, Peter, I agape you. I love you with agape, unconditional love, Peter. I love you that much. You got a hope in a future. I'm pursuing you because I love you too much to see you where you're at stuck. I love you unconditional. Peter, do you love me unconditional? And you know what Peter says? Yeah, I, I love you kind of like a, like a brother. I love you like a brother, Jesus. That's not what I asked you, Peter. Peter, I love you unconditionally, Peter. Do you love me unconditionally? Um, like I said, Lord, I, uh... I love you like a brother. Wow. Hmm. This is not, this isn't good. Jesus isn't looking for love like a brother. He loves us unconditionally. He wants the unconditional love back. Does that make sense? He doesn't, brotherly love with God isn't gonna get the done. He's the king of the universe. We're in his kingdom. I've got brothers. I love my brothers. But they're not the king of my life. I've got a brotherly love for my my brothers with God unconditional. What, what do you? What is it, God? What, what do you, we? We got to put God on this other level. But in this interaction with Peter, Peter's not getting it, and he's like, "No, I, I don't have I I, unconditional. Oh, I got brotherly love. Is that good? Me and you, okay, Jesus, me and you, we're okay. Brotherly love. It's not going to do it. And so, what happens here? Since Jesus is saying, "Peter, I have agape love for you. Do you have agape love for me?" And Peter's saying, "No, I have." I have phileo love for you. Peter's answering with a whole different word here. I've got phileo for you, Jesus. Yeah, I didn't ask you that, Peter. I said, I have agape for you. Do you have agape for me? No, I, I, second time, I, I, got, I got phileo for you. Is that gonna work? We can get anything done with phileo? And so unfortunately, in this circumstance, Jesus has to reduce the question. Jesus has to lower the bar. He reduces the question. Third time around, Peter, do you agape me? Uh, I filleo you, is that enough? Feed my sheep, tend my lambs. Peter, do you agape me? I uh, I got fileo is that gonna cut it? Tend my sheep. Peter, Jesus lowers the bar, he reduces the question. Okay, if this is all you got, Do you really have phileo, brotherly love for me? And Peter was hurt. Peter was hurt. And he finally concludes, yes. Okay, Lord. Okay, okay. I have unconditional love for you. And so when you look at this, the way it plays out in the Greek here, there's a tension going on and Jesus to get to the point, the heart of the matter, Jesus is going at it, asking again and again and again and Peter is hurt. He's hurt in his heart. I think he's hurt because Jesus had to ask three times and that's understood at the surface level, but I think he's hurt for another reason. I think he's disappointed. I think he's a little offended that Jesus keeps asking him this thing. And Jesus is like I love you too much to leave you where you're at. I'm trying to get to the heart of this thing and this brotherly love thing. That's nice that we all have brotherly love. That's good, but the kingdom's much bigger than that. The kingdom's much deeper than that. The kingdom's much wider than that. And if you're going to function in the things of the kingdom, we got to step it up to this unconditional love of God who's got an unconditional love for you and then you trust him as the king as you walk with him as the king of the kingdom as you walk with him as sons and daughters you trust him because you know he's got unconditional love for you, and you have unconditional love for him. But if we just realize that Jesus did this event long ago, and yeah, we got brotherly love for God. Are we good? Are we cool, God? Brotherly love, we good? I think he's asking us the same thing. <laughs> he's asking us the same thing. Do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than these? You got unconditional love for me more than these, and I just want you before we wrap up and leave today to take this part to heart. If Jesus were to ask you, Peter went back to fishing. He went back to what he knew and what he loved to do. He walked away from God in the kingdom. He's not, he's not in a good zone right now, but Jesus loves him. Sees he's got a hope and a future and wants to restore him, call him back to great things. But he asks him, do you unconditionally love me more than these? And I don't know what the then these in your life are. But you might want to think about that today. What's highly up there in the love of your life that you go, I really love this or I really love that? Because when we love certain things a little too much, it becomes a tension between allegiance. Are we, wh- where does our allegiance lie? And Jesus is like, I conditionally love you. Do you unconditionally love me? Because if so, this kingdom is going to work out great. I'm going to show you things. We're going to partner with things. But if your allegiance is somewhere else, And it's not me. If you only got a little brotherly love for me, that's not gonna be enough to move the needle. The kingdom's not gonna go forward in power through brotherly love. As great as brotherly love is, phileo love is great. But it's gonna take more than that in commitment and engagement and trust in the living God. And so we ask ask yourself this morning, do you love me more than these? What would that these be in your life? Think about what that would be in your life because I believe the spirit wants to stir our hearts as well. And then he would say this, if you truly love me like Peter, if you do truly love me, then would you please do this, would you show it? If you believe in me, you'll do the works I've been doing. Peter, do you really love me? We got through the phileo thing, we finally got to the agape thing. Awesome. Praise God. I'm restoring you and putting you back. You're going to be in the ring and swinging and God's going to do great things in your life. Peter's best days are ahead of him. God knows that. Peter didn't know it. God knows that. He says, if you really love me more than these, can you please blank? Can you feed my sheep, tend my lambs? I don't know what it is for you, but I'd encourage you before you leave this morning to ask the Lord who knows and searches all things, those two questions. Do you love me more than these? And only you can fill in the blank with the these. People next to you can't fill it in. Only you can. Before, do you love me more than these? The phileo thing isn't gonna cut it. The brotherly love thing, no. God's like, I, I don't wanna lower the bar for you. I, I, I wanna, let's keep it up here. This is where the kingdom is. Let's rise higher. Do you unconditionally love me up here? And then if you do, can you please show me? Can you, can you do this? And I don't know what that is. And again, this isn't about do, just doing a bunch of works. This is about you and I partnering with King Jesus as agents of the Holy Spirit so that his kingdom will come and his will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is where the life is. The life isn't just believing, the life is participating. And when we begin to, as a community, engage in the things of God as agents of the Holy Spirit, we all come back with these really cool God stories. Why? Because the kingdom is coming in people's lives and we're experiencing it more in our lives, guys. My prayer more than anything is God's kingdom would come to our city in a radical and a profound way. I know there's others praying the same thing. There's people starting to pray in a whole new way right now. And this is a precursor for, I believe, what God wants to bust wide open in our city. But I believe he's asking us as sons and daughters to engage him and trust him and be agents of the Holy Spirit. Do it out of a response for our love not just out of some job we gotta do or some rule, respond to God's love. Don't respond with phileo, brotherly love. It isn't enough. God doesn't have just brotherly love for you. He's got unconditional love for you and me. Let us respond with unconditional love. And in our response, if if you love me more than these, would you do this? And there's a variety of beautiful slices of unique diversities for you and I to say, you know what? I'm gonna actually start stepping down that road. I'm gonna start engaging the kingdom as God uses me as an agent of the Holy Spirit to begin to be, bring his kingdom and share his kingdom. And that's really what the whole Great Commission is about. That's the kingdom, to go and do what I did. Go tell him, help him, help people get restored. Do you realize God restoring people, that's his idea? That's what he came to do? And he wants us to partner with him. And I think it's absolutely beautiful if we would do it. The third, the the final point this morning as the worship team comes up is is the fourth point is this. This is how the kingdom comes. Through tangible expressions of God's love through us. Tangible expressions of God's love through us. Not just the idea, yeah, good, your kingdom come. I prayed it. Mm -mm. Let's believe in it. Now it's time to participate in it. And when we participate as an outflow of love in response to God's love, when we begin to engage as an agent of the Holy Spirit among the people around us that God cares and loves for so much, then there is a tangible expression of God's love through us. And guess what? (laughs) The kingdom is coming. (laughs) And his will is being done. And others start waking up into this beautiful, glorious kingdom as well. There are things you can know about the kingdom from learning them, and there's things you can learn about the kingdom from experiencing them. And it's absolutely beautiful when you begin to experience the kingdom of God. Experience it. I remember when I was a new believer, I believed what it said, but I didn't experience it. Started going downtown and feeding the homeless and really getting to walk with Jesus and representing him. And it opened my eyes to a whole other thing. Going into jails, prison ministry for years, youth facilities, county jail, um, Chino, you know, the pen out there, all these, and getting to finally have to go, I don't know what to do, God, you're gonna have to show me. And then God partnering with us in his work, it's his work. And you get to be an agent of the Holy Spirit and you're like, yes, that was awesome. And you and I get to engage in the things of God and we get to see his kingdom come his will be done on earth as it is in heaven guys i just want to encourage you i can't encourage you you highly enough to ask god how can i begin to enter this kingdom L- literally step in and step forward not just believe in it the principle the reality it's true it's not going away but how do i participate And your kingdom come and your will being done. And God will do glorious things through your life. Your best days will be ahead if you engage God. We were made for this, guys. We were made for this. We weren't made to be spectators and just learning a story in a Bible. We were made to be the community of the Holy Spirit. We were made to be sons and daughters of God. We were made to be ambassadors to represent our father and be these agents of the Holy Spirit to where God's kingdom come. That's what we were made for. And when you start to do, the, the, the greatest day in your life is when you come to come to faith. The next greatest day in your life is when you discover what you were made for. It's, it's where it gets good. God is saying, if you haven't discovered it yet, let me help you down this road in the kingdom. Partner with me to engage on this level and you will begin to know what you're made for and it gets better from there. So on that note, I just want to close in prayer and ask God to seal some of these things in our our hearts. Um, Would you guys mind standing with me as we close in prayer, please? Um, Mighty God, I just thank you for what you're telling us here. You you taught us how to pray. Father in heaven, your name is holy. Your kingdom come and your will be done. And Lord, I just pray that we would be the sons and daughters. We would be the citizens of your kingdom. We would be the ones who want to really be agents of the Holy Spirit to really, out a response to your love, not brotherly love, out of this radical agape love that you have for us, that we'll say, okay, I get it now, Lord. You don't need to lower the bar for me anymore. I, I, I get it. You got my attention. I'm not gonna be hurt, Lord, because of the question. I'm not gonna be offended. You're asking me for unconditional love in return. And it's time for that. So yes, God, I wanna love you back unconditionally. And you're saying, okay, will you step into these realms? I can show you so much more if you partner with me in these realms. Show us, God, how to be the sons and daughters who begin to partner with you in these realms, Lord God, to walk with you as agents of change, to see people around us waking up to your love, waking up to your power, waking up to your plan, and see others around us, neighbors, coworkers, people at the store, God, people on our block, people in our family, waking up to your kingdom. And as they step in too, they too will go, wow, I once was blind, but now I see. I'm in God's realm now. I was outside of it, and now I'm in it. And this is awesome, and I want to help others get into God's realm and kingdom too, because it's beautiful to walk with God in in this place, to walk with God's peace, to walk with God's power, to walk with God's revelation. This is what we were made for, God. So I just pray, Lord, all of us in this room, we take that, that encouraging step. If there's something in our life that you're asking us, do you love me more than these? If that's you, just put your hands out before the Lord today. I don't know what the these is, but put, put your hand out before the Lord. And whatever that these is, if He showed you something or revealed something to you, just say, yep, yeah, Lord, I, I kind of did love these a little more than you. At least where I put all my time and attention and focus or worry. So let me just give that to you right now, God. I don't want to love these things more than you, God. I want to love you more than these. So I give you that, God. And also at the same time with these open hands, now that they're empty, we we say to you, God, that if you love me more than these, then would you please go feed, tend, would you please go bind up some brokenhearted over there? Would you please help them with oppression? These ones need my forgiveness so bad. Would you go tell them? Some of you are proclaimers. You're proclaimers and you're bold. Would you please go tell them the good news? Just flat out, just tell them. Who cares who's listening? Who cares if the whole room is listening? Tell them the truth. Proclaim it. I gave you the gift. Whatever these are, God, areas of mercy that you put in us, let us take these broad steps of mercy, God. I believe you're calling the church up higher, God. You don't want to lower the bar for us anymore, God. You're calling us higher. I pray we'd walk in these things. We love you. We praise you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. All God's people said, amen. This has been a presentation of Valley Metro Church. We pray that this message has blessed you. To hear more messages or to support future podcasts, please visit us at valleymetrochurch.com.